0: and girls for another special edition of the michael deacon program joining me in a moment is mr john kelly he is an international clinician and world famous speech analysis he released key intelligence pertaining to the east saga two years in advance of the 2003 kickoff he was also a feature producer for cbs radio he's been here before but it's been a long long time please put your hands together and give mr john kelly a very warm welcome boys and girls and joining me right now is mr john kelly how are you sir
1: well it's uh very cold up here in canada but i, I i'm here to say i'm prevailing and i'm getting used to our winter temperatures
0: very nice very nice yes i, I love all of our listeners out there in, in canada or as they like to refer to it as canadia and um we we've seen an influx of canadian um, listeners by the way so we really uh, appreciate that tremendously and uh, john Once again, my friend, I do want to welcome you back to the program. It's been many, many moons since you've been here, and the world has changed many times since the last time you were here, my friend.
1: Yeah, the stage has been dressed and redressed over and over. It's uh, it's been uh, quite, quite a, quite a ride. Uh, You know, our society uh, went through uh, uh, torturous changes, uh, certainly in the entirety of Western society, and. we, we certainly felt some of that intensely here uh, during our uh, pandemic uh, experience. We were one of the most policed areas here in this province of British Columbia. We had very st- stringent rulings that were passed. that affected employment and uh, social um, social traditions, impacted families and and, and uh, the programs also impacted people's physical health, as was reported in the local papers as well. So we we had we, quite a journey for many of us, uh, you know all of us together, It was a white, white knuckle ride certainly uh i think my my sense of terror over those years has diminished with the <laughs> passing of time but going th- at the time going through it it was intensely for me it was intensely isolating and uh, it cha- the face of the society that i had come so accustomed to you know it, it changed dramatically overnight
0: right and uh, by the way happy belated thanksgiving to you even though i know you guys don't celebrate in november you guys actually celebrate in october i believe
1: that's right. We we our families gather in October. Uh, we have, being more northerly, I guess we have earlier harvest seasons, and uh, so we 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 had a fine celebration, uh, as I recall, in that month. And of course, uh, you know uh it was a, a very joyful time for families in the united states in november uh so i'm glad i'm glad to catch up with you just within the in the afterglow of the, of the u.s thanksgiving
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and of course there's absolutely no shortage of topics to get into the world again has uh, changed dramatically and it seems like we're getting closer and closer to the proverbial end times mr kelly
1: well, this is a very popular narrative we have to, we must recognize but but truly is that such a you know such a rational idea or is it, does it appeal to our irrational fears and perhaps the mysticism of, of you know many religious traditions
0: and, right it's a romantic thing that's all
1: well and so you know people, people i think that the, the you know the I, as a someone who grew up uh is a boomer uh then i i i lived through a lot of the cold war indoctrination in my early life oh yeah uh and so, you know, the great fear that was constantly with us or the card the card the car that the media would constantly play was the, the, the footage of the nuclear test explosions, you know, to emanate, uh, you know, to intimate that uh, it was, this was just around the corner, you know, around every turn someone was going to be bombing us.
0: Yeah, that's right. So- that's right. And by the way, it, it seems, though, like history is repeating itself, even in the news cycle right now. Um, it seems a lot like World War II era sort of um, propagandas being Uh, thrown out there right now and of course post nine eleven sort of stuff going on right now as well here in america Uh, i'm starting to question what timeline am i living in right now uh, john
1: well i think it's a very interesting commentary because my observation over decades is that the the information scape so to speak which is represented by today's internet and social media the character of that has been a, a great um a litmus test for the characteristic of, of the society that's creating it and we can see uh, the the transformative journey uh particularly social media gets a lot of criticism for its its censorious ways that you know uh, public assembly and and freedom of expression have been uh a, a deeply affected uh, um what i'm getting to is that at the same time with the uh, the the Kinetic warfare happening in Europe and in the Middle East today that uh, the the the, uh, the precursor was the uh, the establishment of a strongly militarized information scape um, i I've, I've always held to the criticism of some particular broadcasters that uh, I was told um, in a in, in a one morning radio green room sometime many years ago that uh the pentagon played a very strong role in in distribution of news media and that they dictated timelines for release of information and uh so that the u.s broadcasters were operating systems so the u.s um, broadcast infrastructure itself was a was a department of defense property and the the rationale of that is that during a time of war it's the propaganda instrument and so those wartime those wartime-type policies and um, bureaucracies, uh, I say, I say, we're, were intensified in in the in the, in the last decade. Uh, and it was evident to me due, due to uh, constant interference. Uh, and you know, uh, I'm playing my fiddle now. You know, what wo- was me <laughs> harassment on social media <laughs> yes. for, for you know content distribution issues that would arise continuously? Uh, to the extent, you know, without without getting on and on with it, the extent that my uh, my own website was was uh, was de- was delisted from Facebook. So uh, I was, you know, that's a, it. Was really people? It was really a lot of energy went into are suppressing you, my my presence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Are, are you referring to yourinnervoice.com dot specifically? Yourinnervoice.com.
1: dot com. That's right. My legacy website uh, that I've been, you know, running under that banner for twenty plus years, and um, uh, it wasn't good enough for them apparently.
0: Interesting. But, and, and John, I, you got to be honest with with all of us, though. I mean, you have stirred the pot for. Many many moons now, my friend, and that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons why you're on this program. I mean, I, I have heard of you way back on the radio uh, years ago as as a little boy, and I never once thought I would have, I would have you here on this program. So, to me oh, personally, this is quite an honor just to have you here and share well, the the airwaves with you, my friend.
1: Well, I see. Well, you know, I I, I feel a sense of gratitude that yeah. you, as a, a listener, uh, I'm able to engage with you uh, in, right. in these special conversations that we have well let's you know let's just say that i was um i prevailed you've done in well many, my
0: friend you've done well
1: i prevailed in many difficult situations you know i I, uh, I i got i drew the attention of the navy seals on instagram and all kinds of high, high profile people uh, uh, dealing in the information frontiers that i was touching upon i had contact with them in many different ways and furthermore, that I was green lighted uh, through those situations because clearly, you know, I, not everyone who engages in those kinds of information games, uh, you know, lives lives as long as I have. I live some of my peers and right. my betters. Uh, but so I say that, you know, I, I you know, th- I, through some, you know, through these interactions, um, there was good sportsmanship and an exchange of, uh, you know, information or value that that arose to the to the extent that I um you know, I've I, I've have still been welcomed. Uh, I haven't traveled to the United States in several years, but I've still been welcomed and welcomed in professional circles uh, by different communities in the United States. Although I say my social media experience has been terrible, <laughs> the you know, my 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 uh, you know positive uh, neighborly relationships, my friendly and harmless neighborly relationships with my American cousins, you know, uh, I've continued to have you know you know great experiences. Uh, and uh, while we're talking about it i just feel that i hope that'll be i'll be traveling in the united states again sometime soon
0: i hope you can i, I hope you make it out here we <laughs> welcome all canadians no doubt and uh, speaking of uh, the past maybe we should uh, go down back uh back down memory lane here and oh. maybe talk a little bit about your past here and Mm. some of the things that uh you're you're kind of known for and (laughs) to serve my memory correct uh, it was it was during the iraq war when i heard your commentary on the am dial
1: yes and so i I published a very popular press release that received a a significant circulation and for years after the after the first publication in which i performed a review of the the president's uh, inaugural address uh in january of 2001 and uh, I drew from my study that there was to be an, an invasion of Iraq, a military strike in, in Iraq, that that would be, that would be a, um, a characteristic of the Bush uh, first term. That was my, my draw from that. I drew further information from other speakers uh, at the same event, in, in that I discerned not only the location of the strike, but the well, you know, at least the most visible strike, which was the Shaqanah missile attack on Baghdad so I, I i gathered information about that uh, strikes the military method and the geographic location and i reported it early i reported it immediately after the uh inaugural address because i had very a very strong you know i had very strong support in the media that i just had i already had interviews lined up you know it was very go. easy my distribution was just out of this world you know in those days and so Um, I was reporting immediately, which provided uh, third-party documentation, independent third-party documentation of the historic record. So it wasn't my claim that I did this and I did that, but there's, you know, there were all these witnesses, like the hundreds of thousands of listeners, plus the the show Air Checks. Uh, And so I I, I was, you know, I like to say that I was... um, I was, I, was, I was able to utilize the, uh, the, the North American, broad, particularly an American broadcast, infras- broadcast infrastructure, as my lab, and I conducted social media experie- experiments on a very large scale. And so I was able to do uh, like psychology and sociological related research on very large populations due to privileged access, access to uh, mainstream media platforms, terrestrial radio, and some television. Uh, And so, uh, at the same time, I I produced very provocative intelligence about geopolitical events, and I I, um, played very hard. I guess I have very high expectations of conservatives because I was very critical of the Republican presidents, perhaps more so than the Democrats, but perhaps I have very high expectations of the conservatives. Uh, Nevertheless, I I was mostly engaged in discussions about those presidencies, and uh, in that period, uh, 2003, 2004, that election period, I was, I was participating in up to 10, uh, interviews per day, day after day, uh, discussing the, the, the presidential election, which became the second Bush presidency, the second term of the Bush presidency.
0: Right. And after all your findings and all these interviews, I'm sure you caught the attention of a few of the, um, Alphabet Boys.
1: Well, this is the thing because I was playing on the, on the, the big boys turf. Exactly. So I was going to have to pay some locker fees at some point.
0: That's right. I'm I'm sure they went after you. Uh, <laughs> it's well documented of course that they they certainly did.
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, if you uh, if you pay attention to the the reports of the mockingbird uh program in, in the major media. That's right. Uh then uh she uh, uh, at a certain point the winds the favorable winds became ill winds, let's say. And my content uh, suffered uh, severe um, whiplash effects at uh, edit- an editorial level, which meant that I lost access to major uh, talk radio platform. I lost my Examiner column. Um, uh, I, there may be a few others, uh, but um, the point I'm making is that the um, I, where I where I where I had formerly been whitelisted, and I was given uh, you know. Uh, unrestricted, um, editorial freedom, unrestricted editorial freedom. I, I mean, I pushed the boundaries of freedom of expression. I was an activist for freedom of expression on the air. Let's just say that. Uh, but, um, and that's
0: why I liked you, uh, John, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people didn't like you on the left or the right because you were highly critical of both sides. And again, that's what, that's what we need, uh, in America. And we need that more than ever right now.
1: Yes, and so you know, I I was typically in a more adversarial position with the established camps, and uh, that would sort of. But the thing is that in the fire, there's great uh, potential, and it can forge oh, yeah. a, distingu- a distinguished profile can be forged in a heated environment. And so my my predilection for crises. That drew me into you know dangerous sensitive information arenas again and again and again i would appear again and again and again to the great annoyance of people you know working in the security industry <laughs> the state security industry uh, that um yeah my predilection for that it, it it allowed me to forge character elements and define a public profile that would be very hard to um let's say it would be hard it would be the integrity of which would be very hard to uh to 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 a sale uh, I, I, so is it, it make sense what i'm saying that by yeah. pick, picking difficult subjects and, and engaging in bitter struggles over them whatever you know outcomes are my were, goodness yes you know the the impact on my on my character but also my uh, my public uh, profile was was would be forged through those, and I would say by by you know I, I said a, I sort of in some in some ways I set an example for people who would be willing you know to pick up the fire and get their hands dirty uh, you know for a better outcome um, you know I said to them it's survivable it is doable and you know perhaps the, the most status quo elements of the society. You w- wouldn't want me to be setting that example, you know, to encourage people to be breakthrough personalities in their own way, in their own lives. I would never have foreseen in the past that I would be, uh, you know, engaged in public discussions about the, the, many of the topics that I've ended up, you know, being given uh, public uh, platforms for. But uh, it just seems that the quality of the information was consistently high and vettable. In other words, what really really became measurable, not just that I like to talk a lot, but that I would report on material early before it became um, accepted as public fact. And so I would beat the Wall Street Journal by 18 months in naming a Russian spy, for example. Uh, This kind of vetting, public vetting, began to demonstrate the the forecasting uh, powers of the the way I wield these, uh, these analytic skills. That my ability to draw information about future events just like the bush one white house and the invasion of iraq that subsequently followed the you know the horrors of 9 11. Uh, right you know so so uh, i was i was consistently able to do this in very public ways i reported the demonic possession issues of the btk killer dennis raider
0: dennis raider that's another uh, issue i wanted to bring up here as well uh, but what we'll get we'll get into that in a moment here well, we'll talk about uh, Dennis Rader, but uh, you mentioned Bush um, and Iraq. Um, going back to Bush versus Gore, and um, you, you do remember the controversy there, obviously. The
1: ch- the Chads, yes.
0: You know, ever since then, even being as young as I was during that time, I, I thought, I always thought, um, does voting really matter? Is it really, is it really valid?
1: Well, a democratic process itself has has its own validity, and participation is part of that. If people stop participating and there's no process, you, you know, people still will still need structure and something to replace that. So sure, no I, I get
0: that part, but then it's up to the Electoral
1: College, though, that gets the final um, wave. Well, uh, the Queen, uh, you know, the, excuse me, the King of England, uh, King Charles, has the final say over what happens in Canada by... His governor's general
0: that's also another issue i have um with how things are ran out out there where you're at don't you find that uh doesn't that perturb you um to any extent <laughs> i mean come on
1: well we're living in you know we're, we're living in sort of like you know the, the post-colonial empire kind of hot, heavily british influenced uh right and, and british state influenced here uh, it's you know it's it's outside of uh, it's you know it's outside of the law to try to pursue other avenues than, right, than what's right. offered there. But I will say that um, what what one of the draws to Canada is, it, as colonial as it may seem, uh, that there is a significant um, generosity at a at a federal level. Uh, that, you know, uh, that came, you know, that certainly came into play, just like the federal government uh, found funding for businesses and other folks, employers in the United States during the pandemic. You know, they found a lot of money here for that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not... It, 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 it is a system. It's not the only system. Uh, I guess for whatever reason, I'm born here, so I must have something about royals. But I swear to you, I don't have any Prince Charles <laughs> and, and Diana uh, cutlery or any of that kind of stuff in my place. So.
0: <laughs> right. You, you wouldn't be here if that was the case. <laughs> You'd be in some I, island somewhere.
1: That's the that's our official culture though, and so you know it's it's part of living here. And to, to tell you the truth, I, I some of the Americans I spoke to love visiting traditional British culture here in uh, British Columbia. Victoria, our capital, is renowned for uh, for afternoon tea.
0: It's beautiful uh, out there though. The architecture is incredible.
1: Well, and so so it's you know it's 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 distinguishing character. Uh, you know, and I'm my family has, has British uh, descent, and so. Uh, I, you know i my, I have descent from from those isles, and uh, yeah, I guess in some ways i I guess I you know i'm I, I feel I feel at least connected to my culture. I mean, English is the predominant language sure. that I'm speaking, and so uh, i'm I'm in an English an English language country. what what do, you,
0: what do you make of a Justin Trudeau? I mean, our Canadian oh. listeners oh. do not like him at all?
1: Well, there's just a lot of trouble that uh, <laughs> right. followed his ascent, so to speak. You know, there was a lot of investment in popularizing him. We may recall at one time that he, he was half naked on the cover of Rolling Stones. Oh, my or, God, yeah. Or GQ or something like that. There was some, you know, big, big celebrity pushing of him. Was, you know, born of his family, of course. His mother used to date, you know, the Rolling Stones, et cetera, right? So, nevertheless... Uh, this, uh, very uh, celebrity family uh, Justin Trudeau there was a lot of hope for him uh, when he got in the young Trudeau will he make things better uh, we soon learned about his uh, blackface ways oh yeah uh, which is very uh, you know bizarre and uh, just uh, I'm, 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 it's shocking and unbelievable and yet as, as true as it is
0: I just don't understand uh, why there's so uh, many people who do that though I mean what what goes through anyone's mind to want to portray uh, blackface um, I just find that uh, very unusual, and the fact that there's so many high-ranking politicians who've also colored their face uh, entirely black at one time, I find that really uh, crazy. And uh, by the way, I- I'm looking at photos now of um, Fidel Castro, who... Oh. <laughs> Justin Tradeau looks a lot like, by the way, for whatever yeah, people,
1: reason. People like to talk about that, but I swear, I my, my research says it's a bogeyman. There's nothing there. Yeah, no I there there.
0: I mean, they look alike, but I mean, he doesn't have the same uh, leadership as uh, Fidel Castro. I mean, you can't really compare the two, even though, you know, Castro, uh, again, I'm not trying to praise the guy by any means, but he's, in my opinion, a lot more uh, manly of sorts uh, over uh, Justin Tradeau, but that's just my Castro, opinion. more of a
1: strong more of a strong man
0: yeah he's more like aggressive it seems and justin Trudeau, he comes across more as like a weak man in my opinion
1: well i could uh, be wrong
0: i could be wrong <laughs> we don't really <laughs> know <laughs> how he is i mean you know behind closed doors he could be a a tyrannical um crazy man as well
1: well i would just say that he was he's clearly the child of political and social privilege and uh this is you know this is what this is what Canada's sci- society has wrought this is what they bequeathed us with: this, right. this leadership or not. And uh, there was there's many reasons to protest. Uh, you know, there's many uh, strong feelings about the the federal lockdown policies and, and the declaration of state of emergency that threw us into mar- effective martial law during the pandemic at a federal level. We were in martial law here. I mean, there's a lot of strong feelings about doing that, about transforming the face of society uh, in such ways is not a is not a light uh subject and so this all happened in the trudeau government uh you know these were very troubling experiences uh, many people were just trying to survive it but to watch the society change so quickly well you know these things could only come from within the society itself it's not like they were implanted by aliens this was you know yeah. our destiny unfolding and we had to see this we had to see this for ourselves you know what was coming out of people and you know it, it called upon us to consider or reconsider what kind of leadership do we want here uh, I, I, I think now that the, uh, there's a hue and cry in the press for, for Trudeau's, uh, the end of Trudeau's reign here and, and, and someone else coming in, I don't know who that will be or what it will be like. But I think the historic times that Trudeau led us through were severe. Uh, and I think some of his, restru- his responses were, were extremist. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm still here. Uh, you know, I, I lived through it. What can I say? That's right. And
0: another thing that i wanted to mention uh quickly here was of course the conflict with israel and palestine i'm just curious what your thoughts and opinions on all this um is and uh, i mean it's something that of course is not going to go away this problem uh, it's been going on forever obviously as you know uh, as long
1: as long as i've been familiar with walter cronkite and the cbs news i've been watching the uh, yasser arafat and the the various leadership out of Israel trying to get it together and, and make some sense out of the situation, and they were really, you know, both parties in a way have inherited a mess uh, since the a beginning. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a uh, you know, there's very strong feelings on both sides. Some of it, uh, you know, is uh, just pure dogma, but from a human dimension, um, you know, it's. Uh, there's, you know, I, I have strong feelings about what I what little I see from this side of the world. Uh, I support our Jewish community, and I support all the our, our 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 diverse community and our minority members here. Canada is a you know a country made of all, all kinds of people from all over the world. Right. And we 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 find a way somehow to live together here with all of our problems. But to see this go on, you know, I think there are lessons in uh, discretion. Uh, you know, some of the reporting about ind- indiscriminate fire uh, erupting uh, from the Israeli side. Uh, that they, in their own reporting from the Harats uh, news, that their own uh, helicopter pilots were spraying uh, music uh, festival attendees. And when we look at the wreckage of the, the vehicles there, we we ma- imagine the the missile or cannon fire that was involved versus the light to our, you know middle weight weapons that the the attackers brought in. They didn't bring in uh, heavy cannons or heavy missile systems. But the, how are how all those vehicles wiped out? It looks like they were wiped out by helicopter fire. Well, I say that uh, that this indiscriminate conduct that appears on the battlefield, people are citing war crimes on both sides of the conflict. But I say that this lack of uh, discretion and lack of uh, lack of self-restraint is an indicator of weak character. And it will it's it's the it's the fruit or the seed of the downfall. People who people who will behave in it who will flip, misuse power in a flagrant way like that um, in any capacity, not just in that country, but we see examples all over the world, uh, that it's, it's actually, it's really, it it's a, appears to me as a clear sign of weakness. So I don't see a future in that, you know, I don't see a future in, in the, uh, in, in, in ongoing bloodshed. Some of the critics of this war now say that the, the truce that they achieved and the transfer of hostages, that terrifying experience those hostages have lived through, uh, thank goodness some of them have been able to get home. Uh, but, but that this is an indicator that on a political and military front, that, that the Israelis don't have a position. That they, they, the, uh, the government in Israel had sworn that there would be no truce. This would never happen, and now they're still in it, and it's extending. Uh, it's an indicator that they've lost at a military and political level. And I would certainly say that they've been their their reputation uh, internationally has been defaced by the carnage that, as I say, the apparent indiscriminate bombing and such in Gaza's just a uh, horrific and uh i i i am shocked and horrified uh by, by the terror uh, that was that was um uh, enacted on the on the israelis who live there and as well now all those people try, trying to survive in gaza i i'm mortified by this right
0: situation. it's a terrible situation uh for both sides i mean so many innocent people are caught in the crossfire of these tyrannical governments and uh it's uh it's people that they want to back i mean we here in America, our government fully backed the Ukrainians, obviously, as you know, and they are supporting uh, more Nazis. I mean, our country uh, is obsessed with Nazis. I mean, we've been uh, shaping them over here since the beginning and uh, supplying them with uh, guns, uh,
1: money, what, what have you. Well, it, it's so strange, strange as it may seem, through that Operation Paperclip history of post-World War II Nazi immigration to North America. Right. Canada accepted a, a portion of that population uh, through our military and intelligence ties to American military and intelligence, it, 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 and that, that you know, later in the 20th century, that became the uh, CIA MK Ultra program at McGill University. It was hosted in Canada. They ran their medical experiments on, uh, on schizophrenia patients. Uh, the, the lawsuits against Canada's government are, are, are still going on today for the survivors and the survivors' families for this medical torture. It's called MK Ultra Torture by the McGill Student Newspaper. It's published online. It's a great article. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, the the Nazi population that came here, well, it wasn't until 2023 that we saw Canada's parliament in the House of Commons arise for two ovations to applaud uh, a a gentleman who was introduced by the former House Speaker as a Canadian and Ukrainian hero. This gentleman apparently had fought in Waffen SS units under the German flag against the Soviet Russians of World War II uh, for uh, for a white nationalist Ukraine under the fascist under a fascist government, and so uh, he we inherited him through the. Through the underground uh, rail, railroad, whatever information he right. shared that was value to us in Europe, got him a you know got him a house in in uh, British Columbia or wherever Ontario. So, nevertheless, uh, that became a, a subject of a uh, big celebration and uh, a major nat- international embarrassment. The Russians took a very close look at what we were doing over here and wondered how crazy we really were. Uh, I found that the uh, the speaker had. Uh, you know, knowledge of this person's uh, World War II history, and I, I don't think they acted in good faith by introducing them. The government asked them to leave their position, which which happened. But it says it says a lot about our our minority uh, World War II uh, heritage here that we we cut deals to to to, uh, to gain what we thought was access to good networks, information, and spies uh, that the Germans had already laid in uh in their empire building so is, this is this is the flip side you know it's the flip side another flip side of living here and we talk about canada and british empire you can ask me how i feel about those questions and so on sure well, it's, it's part of our heritage you know we we have a remembrance day here on november 11th we remember our, our brave veterans who fought and died in, in all kinds of wars and much of it overseas um nevertheless uh, historically the british empire was very engaged at one time in opium trafficking into china and in the mid 19th century, there were two opium wars, as they're known to history, that were fought to uh, to bring opium addiction to the Chinese.
0: Interesting, yes, uh, very reminiscent of what we did in Iraq. Matter of fact.
1: Well, oh, my goodness, in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, so- yeah. <laughs> so you. See, I mean, uh, and it, it
0: doesn't go away. Is another thing I want to just put emphasis on. Uh, you know, we mentioned like MK Ultra. We. Uh, you, you mentioned um, operation paperclip and um, mock you know o- operation mockingbird with the news the cia sponsored news i mean all these things they, they just they don't go away by the way they just sort of evolve
1: yeah yeah it, we, we, this is what we've seen it's, it's it was on our periphery and now for those who are in you know trying to play in social media it's in our face there on a daily basis it's very it's a very intense presence but right. you know this is this is our we're coming to grips with the hey this is our society our society has always had some sort of a security perimeter and part of this perimeter is the information perimeter and in fact it's the cheapest one you know to operate so it's, it's heavily staffed if you control the information sphere then it's easier to control the population
0: absolutely and of course we also have the ever so popular disclosure sort of um news going on with our our friends (laughs) with the uap ufo community whatever you want to label them as now i like seeing flying saucer uh, personally
1: Uh, i'm old school yeah i I love that
0: that. i love that (laughs) term i want to bring it back but you know you have people like stephen (laughs) bassett who want to fight you if you say ufo now
1: well, this is all very doctrinaire. And, you know, I recognize that this gentleman, David Grush, has made a lot of waves, and he's become a very established figure right. with all kinds of uh, media and backing to go in front of the government and speak about uh, captured uh, flying saucers and alien bodies and so on. Well, to that I say, you know, because he made such so much noise about it now in the, in the American media that it's clear to me that the Ukrainian government got wind of it. And now, you know, after everything else that the Americans have given them, uh, you know, the F-16s, Abram tanks, you know, 155 howitzers, after all this equipment and ammunition gone, and now they want America's captured flying saucers. Sauc- they want America's alien technology. You see, to win the war. So, uh, isn't it upon people like David Grush really to, you know, to to make the deliverables? You know, if we, if, if, if we really have that, then why aren't we implementing it now?
0: You definitely don't believe anything he says. <laughs> no, I, I'm I getting think- that feeling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that it, I think that is such a theatrical performance in uh-huh. in, a, in a society that demands scientific standards that there's this this that the, the, the in, 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 sub- seemingly innocuous personal testimony with a nod and a wink you know about things that the public uh, due to security restrictions the public will never know and is and by law is not enabled to know this this leveraging of that mystery is uh is a, I'm very uncomfortable with uh, that uh, that cognitive gap in the you know what is evident to me is just a is part of an ongoing program you know many people in the ufo community are very engaged in pro- program rollout and when i say program i mean like scripted uh social uh engineering <laughs> oh, yeah. you know because because of the state interest in uh in the ufo alien questions uh, which, i mean it, know, it is, is
0: interesting but just like you um completely well i think you're past skeptical, but. I I do like the fact that this sort of chatters is, is going on right now, but will it go anywhere? Probably not. The fact that the government likes to sort of turn—I guess they like to turn their their heads completely—at the fact that we've had all these documents about uh th- about lights in the sky since the beginning here. But well, I, um, I think I,
1: I think it's an approachable mm-hmm. subject on a personal level, and I, I was I was so fed up being a reader and a consumer of news in this topic you know, what I felt was the, you know, the incredibly evolutionary slow pace of things that I just determined that I would pick up a camera and go out and find out for myself. And so I found ways to engage with the subject uh, in the field. Sure. And that, you know, that satisfied a lot of my questions and, and it, 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 you know, certainly left a lot more, created a lot more questions as well. But one of the things I'm getting to is that part of the the mainstream narrative is, you know, a major a major part of the mainstream narrative is that extraterrestrials from somewhere else Have come here, but you know, I think my field research shows the accessibility to these subjects says that uh, you know, just like us, they're here. You know, we're not waiting for someone to come from some long distance away. They're already here. (laughs) The stuff, what we're we're interested in studying is local to us, and we we really need to just turn our attention to it. The Border Patrol released some interesting footage this year, which is a collection you may have seen, but it doesn't. Dozen different shots from security cameras at border installations. Some of that footage shows uh, a subject that ap- that visually appears and disappears on the camera. Really interesting stuff, and it's happening within like you know 150, 100 feet of the camera.
0: Interesting. Really
1: amazing stuff. Yeah, so it's local. I say that the we, you know the local study is where this had people can people can access consumer or prosumer grade equipment now relatively inexpensively for those who still you know who are still working and still have economic means that. Uh, the research equipment, you don't need a lot, but uh, it's accessible and, and that the subjects themselves are not that hard to access. Uh, up here, I, I live in the Pacific Northwest. So it's a big uh, tropical rainforest. we got lots of mountains. we got lots of wilderness. So I've been fortunate. That I have access to like remote sites. And historically, I've traveled to remote sites in the States uh, for the same thing.
0: Right. And you sent me some photographs, by the way, yeah. that were uh, quite interesting, to say the very least
1: yeah and so this is some of the i say that some of the most controversial photography of of these days because uh, facebook won't allow it to be shared and facebook is everything really to fight against the display of these images i, I assure you it's really uh, provocative so um but i think that yeah in general in terms of um i think this is important media and it doesn't get enough airtime. uh and so i'm I'm asking you to indulge me a little bit to talk about it uh tonight so that i can feel these days you know i said something to the public about about my different uh, experiences and some of the, some of those which I was able to record. Uh, let's go. Let's go and look at. Um, I have the uh, the photo list here that I've um, created. Just me, allow me to open that.
0: Right. The first photograph, by the way, is the Avatara photograph. Oh, that one.
1: Okay, very good. Well, I know that that, that one well. And so, okay. Well, the story behind this image. This is recorded here in the uh, uh, Fraser Valley area, and we're in a wooded parkland. Um, my friend Al, who was my research partner at that time, who mm-hmm. got me to many remote locations in the Vancouver area, He's, he subsequently passed. Oh. But the two of us were on site. Rest in peace. In, the two of us were on site and um, in this wooded grassland. It's after dark. Uh, I'm trying to remember the time of year. I think it's early in the year, so it's late winter. Um, and we're chanting the Om Mantra. So while we're chanting, I'm holding a a flash camera next to my face and I'm pressing the shutter and shooting the flash photography just in front of me. I'm I'm just letting the camera record whatever is there. And so my breath condensation, while I'm exhaling, up here in our wet uh, rainforest climate, you know, coastal climate, it's very humid here, like 92% humidity and stuff these days. So when we exhale outside in the cold, our uh, breath forms a condensation cloud. So my condensation cloud is being recorded. And somehow I'm able to position the frame just so that one of the edges captures a perfect um, vertical uh, slice of what will be a symmetrical figure. So that when I mirror the the two frame, one frame against the other along the vertical axis, then we'll see it will reveal an entire form.
0: Mm, Yes, I see that.
1: And so somehow I knew how to position the frame when I was shooting a cloud of my breath condensation to capture the most symmetrical part that would be identifiable to even to a lay person that there was some sort of a figure there. Well tell me Michael, what does it look like? I'm seeing,
0: yeah, I'm seeing two things actually. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing kind of like your typical alien gray staring at me. But then when I look at through the inside of it, I almost see like a skull like of a small figure in the in the middle there. I can see the eye, yeah, it looks like another middle, like a little skull, almost like a, let's say almost like that character from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Jack. (laughs) It looks kind of like Jack in the middle right there.
1: A little stick figure.
0: Yeah.
1: And so people do talk about stick figures in in the forms. Uh, When I look at the the whole form in the mirror, I see two major structures. One is a face with two eyes and like a cat-like sort of nose and mouth, I see that now, too, actually. And above that, it's wearing a crown, and the fork, the crown is made of feathers, and it's a bird with its two wings outstretched.
0: Ah, yeah, I could see that as well. Yeah, I see what you're seeing now.
1: So those, are, to me, are the major figures in the image. However, there's a lot of intricacy inside of the image.
0: Oh, you know so, what? There, there's also almost like a mustache, too, you can say.
1: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so there's so you know like the the if if we accepted there was a big a big face below, yeah, then it, yeah like the mouth area <laughs> has, has some different characteristics. It's a really really interesting photograph though. So so it's a composite image made of one five megapixel photo, and as I say, the way it was composed was I, I snapped the shutter at a, at the time when the cloud formed the most symmetrical image apparently. Right and so um when i mirrored it uh I, I created a whole form that that has different recognizable characteristics i love and it so w- so what i think i'd like to emphasize is that this there's an avian form in this image the crown, the bird crowning the face and that avian uh structure is common through several of these pictures we'll see it again
0: very interesting you can almost even say that like this figure's wearing like a suit of like gold armor almost
1: a suit, yeah, like like a some sort of a, 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 a the background, in other words, had, you know, the bright uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 seating the seating the log and the grass and all those things. The flash illuminated. Yeah, you know, there's, there's extra symmetry. I, I mean, there I was can some, see that some there's some compositional elements happening, but I say to you, it's entirely involuntary. I was just chanting.
0: <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> Love that. Uh, I guess the next photo we could see is uh, Horus II, I believe.
1: Okay, so here we're now looking at a, a diff- using a different camera. I'm up in the interior of British Columbia at one of the resort towns, uh, Kelowna.
0: Kelowna, yeah, I've heard of, of Kelowna actually.
1: And uh, I was uh, attending a, a talk given in one of the hotels uh, at the casino there, uh, and so beautiful there, by the way. Oh yeah, a sensational, uh, sensational part of the world, and uh, we'll talk more about uh, the Kelowna area if we as we have time tonight. Absolutely. Um, What I wanted to say was that in this particular instance, I I, I took a break from the talk and went out on the deck of the room, and I I did a a mantra recital. I said, "Bobanam kewalam, I pressed the shutter, and then this is the image that I captured. It was uh, was a different camera. It's not not as uh, as great a camera. Like high-resolution sort of camera. Yeah, this is a this is an Epson consumer um, camera I used okay. at the time, and so what I'd like to say is particular about this form is that I ended up with the um, a, a staff of a type of figure, which means that the there's a staff with an intertwined like uh, sinusoidal uh, waves, like snakes, rising up it to the figure of a of a skull of a raptor with an outstretched wing. And in the skull, there's a bird facing backwards, the profile of a bird like a dove facing backwards. But the skull of the raptor is quite particular: the nostrils, the uh, the raptor's uh, uh, beak, uh, and the eye sockets all appear. Um, uh, they all appear uh, natural uh, anatomy. And furthermore, the skull is 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 broken open, in my viewing of it.
0: And what time did you uh, take this photograph, uh, if you remember? So this-
1: well, it's it's nighttime, and so I I mm-hmm. must say probably maybe between eight and ten p.m. I, I think there's an EXIF data on on the original that I could I could show. All of the okay. all, all of the images have the EXIF data. I don't have that memorized as of now, but it was nighttime. Very nice. Yeah, this is a great photo uh, as well. And so what I want to say is that between two cameras and two locations, one is in the Fraser Valley, one is in Kelowna. The avian motif is transporting between both of them. It appears. Very very nice. Now, the, the staff itself, you know, in my imaginings, is being held by a, another figure with, who, who, who dis- displays hooves. There's two, like, hoof feet next to the skull. Ah, yes. And so if you extend those back to the left of the image, there's like a, there's like a, a centaur-like figure there.
0: I can see imagine.
1: that, yeah. As if, as if it was like a, um, in, the Greek, in the Greek mythology, the centaur is the, uh, one of the, one of them is a famous teacher, the teacher of the heroes. And so, as if in a shamanic presentation from the Greek mythology, the the the, the teacher is giving a uh, maybe a talking stick or presenting mm-hmm. a talk like a talking stick. Uh, but it's also a, I'm saying in the Greek tradition, it's a medical symbol because the staff of Asclepius is the uh, is, is is a, rec- is a recognized uh, medical symbol. There's there's two there's two versions. I can I can remember the one that's the common one in the United States with the double entwined snakes. That's right. Yes. The Sclavius staff has a single serpent traditionally. Nevertheless, it's a medical symbol. So, as a um, mental health uh, alternate paramedical service provider, you know, I, I can show that image uh, to say that uh, you know that I'm. Uh, that the that that the condensation of my breath is conforming to vibrations um, related to um, treatment and 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 wellness. Ah, by the way, the ancient geek uh, geek,
0: <laughs> the, the ancient geek, the <laughs> ancient Greek <laughs> of uh, healing. By the way, yes, the Greek god of healing, right?
1: Asclepius. Yeah. So a very interesting image, of centaur-like hooves. Um, I'm trying to remember the uh, the, the the famous uh, centaur who taught the heroes, but nevertheless. Uh, I, I figure in my, my photography, what I mean to say essentially is that my photography appears to touch different traditions. I love it, but, by the way. Uh, but, but that the, 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 there's iconography, universally accessible iconography and it transports or transposes between image from image to camera to camera, to location to location, I think, which is very compelling to me.
0: And uh, let's go for the next one here. This one is a uh, really interesting. Almost like a sloth-looking uh, character. The uh, Kerma.
1: Okay, so uh, the uh, reference here is there's uh, a series of images in my photography that uh, appear to draw from the classical iconography of Sanskrit literature. So in the L- latter Veda, there's, there's a text called Purana. The Purana talk about the avatars of Vishnu. Oh yes. So in the uh, in the order of procession. Uh, Matsya is the fish, is the first avatar. Kerma is the turtle, the second avatar in the order of procession. So here I say that we're looking at the face of a turtle with two claws uh, on either side of the snout, and that uh, upon the brow appears an inverted tilak, which is uh, traditionally seen as a U-shape or V-shape pattern on the forehead of a Vishnu devotee wear a, a u-shape on uh, you're familiar with the uh, the dot yes for dress well there's mm-hmm. another dress for, for people of Vishnava traditions where a v or u-shape it's it's symbolic of the foot of the god has pressed their head
0: i've seen that head. but i never really um, fully understood
1: so if we imagine someone posing uh here here the tilak is inverted mm-hmm. You can see that it's upside down from yeah. the traditional. And so to me, it suggests that the, the person who does the posture where they pull their ankle over their head is a pose in yoga. Very hard. I think it's a hunter. I can't remember what it's called. But anyways, a very athletic person who can do that, and such people exist. I, me not being one of them.
0: I've seen someone but, do that. It's, it's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> the footmark would be the same, that the heel would impress with the round shape at the top. And that the 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 arms would extend downwards, and that's what's displayed here. So the one who gives the impression is the god, and the one who receives the impression is the devotee. And so here, the, here that. the uh, the iconography is speaking to us. Not only is the an, anthrop uh, the animistic form the turtle mm-hmm. visible, but there's uh, discrete iconography that's recognizable is related to yeah. The, there, uh, this one's
0: very anthropomorphic, uh, no doubt. Uh, the, the first thing that came to mind initially was this looks like a Almost like a, a Komodo dragon staring at me.
1: A lizard, yes. Yeah. A big lizard, and so I'm I'm doing tantric meditation in a blueberry field in the lower mainland. Oh my! At night, and uh, this is the breath condensation. I'm not making an, I'm not making an audible sound, but the way my breath condensation is forming, and my eye with my eyes closed, I'm capturing that precise uh, element, the vertical slice of the original frame where the where the i will get a, a really nice reflection somehow with my eyes closed and not making any sound my breath condensation is is forming within the frame in a way that allows for this uh, rendering
0: and uh, john i gonna ask you what is your interpretation of uh, these sort of images coming through uh just through your breath alone uh, <laughs> what do you what, what do you think it means exactly
1: well as someone who studied uh, wind instruments i understand that the the, uh, the body is a resonant cavity and so uh, there's different ways to interpret this one is that the human body's adult body is 60% water right so that means that the the, the water near my body which is the condensation or the water coming out of my body is is vibrating in these uh, patterns mm Yes. because it's that's what the camera is telling us. Right. Well, the sixty percent water in my body must also be vibrating. True. Now, there's, yes. there's a very there's a very um, you know uh, uh, there's an appeal to uh, ancient religion here, in so much as um, human interaction with water and control uh, you know apparent control of those interactions you know is a big deal in some traditions. Yeah, water right?
0: is very. Um... Not, not only is it important for you know as consuming it but there, there's something very spiritual about the water running water especially
1: well in some spiritual traditions people are attested to have walked on water right de- or they are some or they summoned water or they parted water those are all you know distinguished traditions uh, in in american culture so here in tantra there's this notion that water is a is one of five elements in a five element universe and so from a yogic perspective, maybe this is saying, you know, I'm demonstrating uh, control of the water element within myself. Mm,
0: right. And uh, John, how, how long have you been doing yoga, by the way?
1: When I say I've been doing yoga, I mean I'm doing yoga meditation.
0: Yoga meditation, rather. Okay.
1: A- and the, Very eight limbs, the eight limbs of Patanjali are satisfied by doing this practice because I'm achieving asana, which is my posture, jama niyama which are the codes of conduct, pratyahara, pranayama, Dharan, Dhyan, and Samadhi are all, all happening in, in seated meditation. So I'm satisfying all eight limbs, but I'm mm. not I'm not yeah. I'm not an athlete of yoga like many great gymn- gymnastic and athletic performers of different postures. Those people are, are very popular now. Right. They're but, very available. We can see them sure. practicing.
0: But, but I, you uh, obviously, though, you, you've spent many years meditating and probably have achieved maybe some outer body experiences while you uh, have been meditating.
1: Well, it's possible for people to achieve many different experiences, and these, the tradition I'm, I'm practicing in, uh, includes all kinds of special effects. Um, but the significance of, of those, the question of the, you know, the attainment of ability right. is um, superseded by the necessity to uh, remedy the distinction between the individual and, the, and their point of origin or their, uh, their creator that's that's the defined priority right out of out of which everything else cascades all other successes can cascade from that but in the yogic philosophy if we don't fulfill that in our lifetime we've missed our opportunity that the human life is enough to be able to achieve that 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 so this is quite a radical idea that humans are capable of doing that of, of this you know uh, ridiculous individual to cosmic leap a human being can actually achieve that this is actually an achievable tangible not just a uh, an abstract that someone wrote in a in an ancient book but that people are actually doing this thing it was a very important idea and uh, you know, a lot of my professional public work has been about enabling human performance and it's been sure. acoustic based acoustic based and a lot of the broadcasting i did was of course acoustic my voice was uh, transmitted all over the airwaves
0: yeah frequency and, uh, vibration it it's all it all goes hand in hand with uh, our existence and on this uh, realm i should say this plane of existence
1: well there's such you know there's this notion about a, uh an acoustic universe that the role of right. sound is is is, is primal in, in in creation and so as participants you know as broadcasters and uh speakers we're 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 participating in some of the greatness of that uh, and uh, i'm i'm involved in a tradition with a lot of um cultivation of uh of the voice uh, is part is an intense part of the tradition, and I'm utilizing that voice. I, I in my lifetime I've used utilized it in, in mass public uh, presentation. Right. So so what I'm saying is that there was a direct connection arising from you know the, uh, so like I let's say uh, it was a direct transmission from practice to performance. Absolutely, and these are all things that you come to find
0: out uh, that you seek. Well, not not that you seek, but that you uh serve a higher purpose of sorts uh, and and usually these sort of uh you get these moments of clarity after you've done a heavy dose of uh psychedelics by the way
1: (laughs) well that's another shortcut
0: though but that's just that's just the truth though that's the, the reality of doing certain psychedelics i mean you do come to that conclusion of god clarity and your purpose on this planet
1: people are having intensive experiences, integrative and conscious uh, expanding experiences using plant medicine, it's true. Right. Uh, yoga says that the human body has enough uh, hormones and whatnot to, to do it as well, without, without external uh, aids, but uh, that, that people are touching upon this and people are starting to question realities or notions about what is reality is, is very important. I mean, what if I were to say to you, you know, this may sound uh, preposterous, but if the human body is 60% water, and I'm demonstrating, uh, uh, you know, some some sort of uh, order order bringing to the water that's around my body in photography. And who's to say that I couldn't uh, win a 60% majority when I'm speaking to a, a large audience?
0: That's true. If, I can,
1: if yeah. I can control 60% of the human body, <laughs> <laughs> right? Through sound, then who's to say that I couldn't win a 60% majority? Maybe that's too too much of an idea for the you know for the for the bureaucrats um you know the culture bureaucrats well i mean i mean you think
0: about i mean you probably can achieve that if you were on tv though
1: i'm number one nielsen rated on 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 11 p.m news on cbs television well there you go so yes it's true and and so i i i'm saying that maybe this is maybe this is something about my success in media is that by controlling 60 percent of the body's mass I was able to uh achieve this to, yeah yeah i was i was able to exercise a social um, a, a social uh, kind of uh, a power a shakti so to speak in in, in public life uh, i wielded a, a social power i was so powerful i could challenge the white house and the pentagon in public so that that's a lot of power
0: it really is and not many people could say that so that, that's something to be proud of uh, john in my opinion
1: well, it was. It was. You know, I was. I was greatly informed, and I was. I was greatly impressed by the the, the strong personalities that came out. You know, from people who, who had uh, who had heard me on the air, and I got right. to meet in person in different settings. It was. Uh, I, I. I. I can't say enough about the quality of the feedback I received just by encountering the people and hearing from them. Uh, it, even your story tonight is very. I, I'll take that away with me. It's very. Uh,
0: Actually, uh, absolutely, oh, <laughs> great things happen when you speak the truth. In my well, and
1: so I was able to be a part of that, and, and so oh, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, um, it, it, it did, it did great things for my character, and, and I hope that there were many benefits to the, to the other people who supported me doing
0: it. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you never truly know how many lives you affect, uh, doing things that uh, we do here, and uh, you, get reminded about that uh, later down the road. Um, so yeah, let, let's go to the next photograph here. By the way, Vamana
1: Garuda, Garuda. Okay. Garuda, Vamana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this image is uh I'm leading a men's meditation in a Vancouver City Art Gallery downtown. The gallery's no longer there. Uh-huh. And I borrow the gal- gallery owner's camera and I take some photos of the event. And so there's this frame where this uh artifact is is on the uh, is on the left-hand uh, edge of the frame just, you know, ex- just like it's exiting the frame. It's just there. I just have I have this form. And so when I magnify it, mm-hmm. Uh, and and mirror it then i get this very complex form it's low resolution but it has multiple layers of iconography that all speak to the uh puranic tradition so in, in the uh, in the icons of vishnu and, and in the avatara uh lit uh procession uh, if we started from the bottom of the form the bottom face looks like uh, to me looks like a mountain lion face uh
0: you know i could i could kind of see that now yeah now that i'm looking at it more
1: but there's two there's fangs mm. and a red, a red tongue. Uh,
0: you know I do see that now, yes, yes.
1: And so this is okay. low, it's low resolution, but th- this this face is wearing a crown, and the crown's made up of a bird whose beak is facing forwards and two wings are outstretched on either side.
0: Oh yeah, now I see it.
1: So that's so that so that the lion man is the um, Narahari avatar. Garuda is the eagle or thunderbird right. Mm -hmm. And the the rider on Garuda is the little person avatar, Vamana. Vamana is seated like in meditation posture on Garuda. And when we study uh, Vamana's form, it's clear to me that he wears, even though this is very low resolution, there's a crown above his head, there's an earring on both ears, and there's a garland of seven flowers on his neck, and there's a big jewel on the center of his chest. Well, in terms of iconography, all, all of those are conformant to Vishnu's—to um, uh, to, 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 uh, what Vishnu would wear or present in, in different kinds of statuary or paintings, crowns, earrings, the garland of seven flowers, seven chakras, right? Seven chakras, okay. seven flowers, se- se- you know, se- seven symbolism, and the, 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 the jewel is the diamond it now resides, here we're going back to England again, it resides on the Queen Mother's crown. It's the native Indian diamond that was referred to as Krishna's diamond. It's called the, I think it's the Kastamba jewel. It was historic, historically or historiographically, it was Krishna's diamond. And it was uh, eventually ended up in the hands of the British royalty. And it's on their crown. It's on the Queen Mother's crown. And it's very controversial because India wants that Diamond back,
0: very beautiful. By the way, I've seen a, a painting of this, the diamond
1: painting, and so uh, so very famous jewel. So uh, that's that's what that's that's part of the, the logo wear of uh, of Vishnu is that diamond above the head of the rider is a lotus flower mm-hmm. again Vishnu iconography, and above that is the cobra with its hood extended and its tongue stuck out like a flame, and and the cobra is wearing a, a crown with three points
0: speaking of uh Vamanas, uh do you believe in that by the way that uh, these things were uh, flying oh there was wars in space and uh, well in the skies
1: <laughs> well you know there's war the war in people's minds sure. uh, certainly fan, <laughs> fantasy life is very rich absolutely uh, yes. but, but as to whether those texts texts are really just the sanskrit um, yes you know you see there's sanskrit literature encompasses many things there's 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 actual history and there's fiction there's stories yeah and there's religious texts, and so there's a whole bunch of different stuff. And I don't think, um, you know, if uh, you know someone in the future asked if Curious George was a real monkey, <laughs> that people would say, yeah, it was President George W. Bush.
0: I love that, I love, by the way. That's uh, funny.
1: But I don't think people will be saying that in the future. What I mean to say is that, uh, <laughs> what I mean to say is that, um, what we're looking at we're looking at this uh, classical iconography. Right and it's uh because it, it's transposes across photos There's, these avatars of vishnu are are more than one of my photos now you see mm.
0: uh, we, right, we looked right.
1: at the we looked at the turtle now we have the lion man the little person and we have we have the, the cobra with the three-pointed crown the three-pointed crown it, what it means in the tantric cosmology is that the universe is made out of three qualities
0: mm, yes and uh, by the way i was going to say um Obviously, you are projecting these from your body.
1: <laughs> well, we could say philosophically that they came from my mind. Well, that too. You you're, yes. You're,
0: what, I'm, what I'm getting at is you're, you're manifesting these things.
1: Well, they, they seem to arise where, where, the, where the photographer also resides. So I, I, can, I can go to different locations and take photos, and they have, you know, the different curious things seem to happen. It's true. Uh, so, you know, I, I have, I have maybe, you know, maybe I have certain aptitudes or skills inherent in this area. I believe so. There's, I
0: believe so. I think that's what that means. Um, honestly, I, I think we're seeing a manifestation, a representation of a you, John.
1: Well, and so, uh, these, it's very interesting that someone who's practicing in these traditions is that their visual world is, you know, is starting to show signs. Yeah. Of this the, is
0: you. This is who you are.
1: In, in, in the. In tantra, the visual uh, representation of the mantra is called a yantra. So there's a a type of art called yantra. You may have heard of mandala.
0: Yes, I have. Mm
1: -hmm. It's very popular in Buddhist art. Well, in tantra, the the artwork is referred to as yantra. And the significance of yantra is that it's the the visualization of the mantra. So I'm saying to you that I'm reciting Mm -hmm. mantra and creating these visualizations. That means, you know, I'm, I'm producing art in that tradition. That you are. Well, you know, so, so I hope that you accept what I'm saying. I, I But do. as I said, this is very obscure media, and in part it it's, is because I, it's, it's, it's intensely suppressed.
0: It's a little bit in the woo, obviously, but I mean, these are things that I, I feel uh, are, are kind of beyond what can be scientifically proven and sort of a put into a text form.
1: Well, I, I think that these are, these are frontier-type experiences, and other people will follow, you know, if not today, in the future, with better equipment and better understanding and produce better-looking art. Uh, but this, I was able to do this using, you know, consumer-prosumer equipment, and it says that it can be done. And furthermore, that it speaks to us about, uh, it speaks to people, you know, some of the images, people who look at the images like the one you're, we're looking at now with the lion and the bird and so on, is uh some people
0: could the, even say that looks like an angel's back or something as well
1: people said it would look like a map of the universe because i printed these on t-shirts and wore them around you know when i go to the shopping ah so
0: yeah something. you you probably get all kinds of different answers then like uh like many of religious folks out there who stare at a, I i guess you could say clouds in the sky and they could see uh different images they see their parents or god well, these are cl-
1: these, in some cases, these are clouds, it's true. Right. But I, I think there's general agreement about that the, that the, the basic forms are, are visible to the lay person, that they're not just true. my yes. imagination. No, no, no. But, yeah. more, but more than that is that they're, they're, they, because they uh, present references to classical literature, world literature, you know, it's, 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 it speaks to uh, life in North America and our relationship with, with ancient, an ancient culture. Uh, th- I think there's there's a lot of profound questions it raises about because these are being produced here in traditional First Nations territory. We, you know, the people who came here since the since the ice ages, they've been living here and they have their own traditions about thunderbirds and, and right, the great right. spirit who rides the thunderbird, right? So, uh, you know, it t- I think this t- this 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 is art that touches on a lot of touches a lot of cultures and speaks to a lot of traditions. And that, um, you know, I, when I think about my, my ability to, to to speak with folks like you in public about these about these experiences or about what's coming up in, the, in this art, uh, you know, I, I want to be make sure that I, I have spoken enough about this and enough folks who are capable of participating and making their own photography will will do that.
0: Absolutely, and um, the next photograph very interesting as as well.
1: Baraha. Baraha. So this is again from the the procession of avatars of Vishnu is the boar avatar and uh it's a very interesting f- uh, portrait of a uh, a very large pig <laughs> and uh the on both sides of the of the, the pig-like face are appear like female figures in, in the yeah, it looks feminine you're right and the, they're like veiled marian figures in, in the traditional uh, vishnu statuary is you you'll see uh that the portrayal is with vishnu is, is a central figure and on either side is accompanied by a devi or a goddess, like. Shakti or Shakti and Devi or uh, the goddess of learning and the goddess of wealth, so like that. So Vishnu is accompanied by two female forms, and here that conforms with that iconography. Furthermore, Varaha. uh, Varaha, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. the the tongue is curled in what's called uh, kachari mudra. It's curled up into the roof of the mouth. Oh yes. It's clearly displayed that the tongue is in this mudra. This is intensely iconographical you know like this is like that's a very serious posture in uh, yoga meditation and, and so the, in the photo it's it's represented that the the god so to speak is is practicing restraint of the tongue
0: we just need a, a picture or a smoke of uh the, the the arms holding something up and then we got a match here
1: <laughs> then we're <Right>. good <laughs> well, exactly right oh, yeah. these are the faces so these I, within my Within my limits i produce something but i think greater you know greater art will will, will follow
0: It is a great photo though i I do appreciate it though these
1: these are these so in prints these appear on some folks walls some clinicians and mm-hmm. some of my uh, friends have these in their in their homes and they you know people get great vibrations from them uh some people you know uh in the tantric tradition you can you can listen to the image you know that it can become an, an, an image for for uh inner meditation where uh, we just look at the, we look yeah, at the I visual. Could,
0: I could see that it's a it's a gorgeous photo.
1: Well, and so uh, so these are the you know these 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 artworks came from my ca- my camera photography practice. I'm not as active in that now. This is from 20 years ago. 20
0: years ago, okay.
1: When I produced the majority of this, and then I moved to video production after that. Um, you you upgraded to video. Well, not in resolution, but um, you ah. know that the, that the I was I was encouraged by my success in, in, in producing this photography that I would I have see. successes
0: with motion video as well. Very nice, very nice. And uh, as we move along here, we have one more, one more Visnu.
1: Um, yeah, it's maybe like I'm,
0: a uh, purple sort of figure. Oh, you know what?
1: You know what? Maybe I've got these mixed up. The one I talked I talked Vishnu Garuda. One was just the rider, or Vamana Garuda was the rider on the bird. I, I totally messed up my my reading for that. I'm sorry. Do we look at this the, one photo? Is the This is the lion face with the bird, with the guy sitting on it, with the snake on the top that I just talked about. Right, yes. It, I'm sorry that I uh, messed up my uh, talk. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I did see that one, though. All right. And so, yeah, so the so the, what, what the, the previous photo was to show, Vish, uh, Vamana Garuda, is simply that without using any mirror tricks, the same icons transpose across cameras, locations, and photos if you compare the two, the rider's seated on the, ber- the raptor bird in both of them. Right, yeah, now I see it, yes. The little rider's sitting yeah. on the raptor. There's no mirror tricks, it's the iconography, is so, the signal's so strong it's projecting through, you know, the breath condensation. So, you know, I can make a joke and say, you know, this is me meditating with God.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you could, you're, some, you're, some people would make that argument.
1: Well, Absolutely. I say that's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's beyond my personal uh, ability to 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 you know, i don't have a, i don't have like a little spray bottle where i can go out and make fancy clouds in special shapes right. and i photograph them and i don't have a hundred staffers doing that for me you know this is no budget uh me and me in the wilderness or you know me in a in a forest or by a creek or you know like these a lot of this is not this is just outdoors nature in a in a high humidity uh temperate rain, rainforest at night uh but i say yeah it was very highly accessible and uh it's created great controversy in the uh The bureaucracy, because these images, as I said, they're unshareable on Facebook. Um, And uh, well, so that that's that was quite an interesting experience. Just that you know, you're just you're producing uh, art in 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 classical traditions. As far as I'm concerned, these are museum, the high resolution stuff here's museum quality.
0: (laughs) It's good stuff. I I do like it though, for sure. Uh,
1: One of my media friends said that this would be great uh, album cover art. Oh yeah.
0: That would be, actually, uh, he's right, that would make a great for an album or a booklet in the inside of a record of sorts, for sure. Even have the lyrics printed on then. That. that'd look uh, pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, John, as we move along here, I mean, there, there's still quite a bit uh, to go on here with. And, you know, one of the things that first, um, well, I, I wouldn't say the first thing, but one of the things I always found uh, quite interesting in your work is, of course, all the reverse speech stuff that you've been doing. And, you know, we never really talked about Dennis Rader, uh, the BTK, uh, BTK killer, by the way. We never really uh, discussed any of that. Mm-hmm. And um, um, matter of fact, what exactly got you involved in the whole reverse speech uh, sort of angle here?
1: Well, there was a training opportunity in Southern California with a school that was uh, passing uh, the California State Post Secondary Vocational Standard. So these certificates would be uh, usable uh, in, you know, start, starting small businesses or, or future employment. Uh, it attracted the interest. Uh, the research had attracted the interest of in academics and uh, high-profile American members of high-profile American families. And so, um, because of my background, I had a very intensive music student background. It started when I was a young, you know, primary student. Um, because of that background. Uh, I had a strong affinity, a listening ability, affinity for long listening and monitoring of recordings, and so uh, right. I, I, had, I also had a digital audio workstation on my desktop, and so I, I after hearing Art Bell uh, hosting shows on this topic, I, I tested a hypothesis for myself: I could just load up a recording, uh, use the reverse uh, function in the DAW. Oh my! So you heard John Oates. Yeah, those interviews uh, were very. Were very uh, he was the most. He was uh, one of the broadcast companies. Uh, said he was the. He and Richard Hoagland were the two most popular guests on ever on that on that show in that time. So I uh, I heard those shows. I was working in the tech industry, and uh, we we had uh, my office. I had internet at my desk, so I, in my break I could listen into those archives from Rappel, and I thought it was very interesting radio. I, I was reading the Weird News. And uh, Ah, this guitar fell in my breaks in a tech job.
0: (laughs) Very nice. You did it the right way then.
1: Well, so yeah, I encountered this subject just because it was a public phenomenon and a big media issue in late night talk radio. And and that there was a school and, you know, my vetting of the situation said this was a very interesting area of research. And it had uh, potential applications in social services and for counseling, uh, family of origin issues. Yeah, it led you
0: down uh, quite the
1: ride, I would say. But it opened it opened significant doors. It was my willingness to sort of wield the instrument that, you know, by by riding the bike, I got to the destination. You know, without one, the other wouldn't have happened. But right. I was I had a fortuitous journey in so much as I opened a lot of doors and had many uh, good good encounters with professionals in, in uh, different sciences and medicine, counseling, um, and uh, I, I, I received you know, excellent feedback from those encounters that uh, informed, you know, decision-making. And I understood that, um, you know, there are many ethical issues in science and, um, you know, character, uh, strength of character is, is called for, uh, particularly in these kind of frontier areas, you know, we're, we're kind of, it's called the bleeding edge for a variety of reasons, you know, the, uh, the, the sort of the new economy and new alternative practice type of uh, culture there's a lot of uh difficulty and estrangement that comes when people are trying new things and not every, not every social experiment is a success. So uh yeah, I, I um you know I I navigated my way as much as I could through uh you know the, today's you know pla spaces and I, I really I I think I um ended up wanting to spend more time online. I was hoping that I could just spend do all my work online and you know that would be the end of it but I guess maybe you know the way things have turned, it's become more dip, more bitter or difficult for me online. I'll, I'll be doing more in-person things again with people. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a, it was a long journey. Uh, you know, I was a student, and then um, I, we when I was a student there, we got involved in a case involving Canadian national security and a uh, high-profile counterterrorism case. And so research that I produced, David O's produced, uh, was subject to meetings involving uh, Canadian federal national security police, Canadian uh, police intelligence and and, uh, I think American and German uh, equivalents. So my my stuff was being round-tabled at this Alphabet Agency meetings in the late 90s. And uh, that just, you know, it was really, uh, I was being tapped into all these experiences because of the high-profile public nature of that business. Uh, They were just drawing calls for all kinds of situations. And because this case was a Canadian case, uh, I I thought it was uh, important that that somebody responded to this, so I I got involved in it. And uh, that was sort of a... The beginning of you know getting on the radar in those circles um and as uh i produced uh i started to produce more popular um uh, more popular news and uh i rode in on the back of celebrities like britney spears and people like that to get onto morning shows <laughs> and people that people people even today talk about my britney spears look you know look in the mirror and how um you know the, the, the various struggles uh you know for her very public personal life and her career uh, endured since the time, and I've I forecast trouble ahead even back then. Did though. you so, really? That's hilarious. You know, believe it or not. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. That that you know that that kind of content <laughs> though was was key key in getting access to mainstream uh, talk radio. Oh well, You've of had, course you you, you have had, to
0: go down that road.
1: You have to speak from the Bible. You know, if you're not talking the Bible, they're not going to want to hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, I was, yeah. I was, I would, because of my facility, you know, it wasn't that hard for me to produce content. But as, as more of that kind of access went on, I became less satisfied with the quality of my reporting and its, uh, historic value. And I became more enamored with reporting of lasting value and stories of long, long, long value that would be, uh, it would be great stories twenty years from the time I I talked about them, and and so I really wanted to attach myself to those stories. And oh, I, I
0: I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, I would love that. You know, some of the shows I've done in the past, you know, like with John Lear or Michael Aquino, you know, these sort of shows that are uh, they're they're quite popular. You know, I've I've interviewed like Michael Alig. You know, the the famous uh, DJ club kid who murdered his drug dealer and Macaulay and yeah. played him in a movie called Party Monster. Uh, you know, I've interviewed oh, that my guy. God. Yeah, he, You know, he wanted me to, he wanted to fly me out to New York to party with him. Oh my at, God. Uh, <laughs> at one time. Yeah, after that interview. I mean, it, <laughs> I've interviewed, you know, like John McAfee. I was the producer of his, of his show at one time. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, cool little things here and there, but... Uh, you know, I would love to be kind of like uh, known. Well, not really known, but just get some sort of credit for those sort of shows. I, you know, I wish those shows were as popular as, let's say, the the most popular show I do here. And um, you know, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this to you, uh, John, but <laughs> the most the most uh, sort of a uh, popular and, uh, and popular sort of segment that I do here is actually Celebrity Deadpool. I mean, no one comes close to that, by the way. And it's because they're they're celebrities and people like to sort of trash them. And they like hearing me do that. uh, And I do that all the time every year. But those episodes are the most popular one, the most popular segments I have. And they're the most uh, classless and tasteless uh, segments I do. But people love it. So, you know, I do it every year.
1: Well, and so and so, you see, you know, being indulged as I was, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I, <laughs> I pushed the red line on on, uh, you know, quality a few times and was yeah, uh, it happens k- k- kicked off the air for doing that uh, right in, in some in some locations. Um, it, but I say that, yeah, I, I think that uh, there are there are times there are opportunities in life to do something great, and so I, I gravitated to that if I could. I would try to do something great with my uh my my podium and right. you know uh, some of that's just hubris on my part but the way it washed out um in some ways I'm a, I'm one of the least well let's say I I I've, I've I've only pr- produced or published a very limited amount of work you know not even a book so but out of that uh, my hit rate is very high that's right for the lim- for the limited amount of stuff I I revealed to the public the quality of the information was it just got better and better um so what i mean to say is that that as a value became more important to me that people who, who um maybe encountered me through the media had a quality experience more than just that i was uh smothering everybody with my you know my vanity or something
0: <laughs> that's right i mean it, well how i came to sort of know you was through the whole 9-11 stuff so at least <laughs> i know you through that avenue i you know i have people who know me through talking about uh celebrity deaths basically i mean that's not exactly anything to be proud of but
1: no well, I covered I covered Robert, fun. Blake's, Robert Blake's deceased wife was was a major story that got was you know carried me for a number of years wind. sure yeah I mean, it was the attachment to the you know the whole hollywood uh um, you know our gang uh, so to speak uh, vibe uh, that uh, that was that was being hung out to dry through that very graphic incident uh, Bonnie Lee Bakley. yeah and so oh, yeah. um yeah, I, I was in in that period of time. In fact, that story was so hot in Los Angeles that I was I was called in to do 6 p.m. news in L.A. Oh, my. When that story was hot and it wasn't a it wasn't going to happen because I was up here. They weren't going to fly me in. But they, I had the news station calling me to come to the studio for 6 p.m. because wow. it was it was a it was a high profile local story. But more than that. My treatment of the story um, was finessed enough that it got me. It, it helped to open the door. You know, like everyone and their brother was covering that story, but, but my coverage would, had enough finesse that it, it, it you know, it got the, it had that just the extra special sprinkles or something on it that that, that were, was door, door opening in that way. And the same the same thing happened here. The CBC, which is the large national broadcaster here, wanted me to go in studio for 6 p.m. news in 2010. Uh, but just by coincidence, I'd, I had I, I caught a flight to Dallas that day, and I was uh, I was out shooting UFOs the next oh day. Oh, my. I, I missed that spot as well. <laughs> That's pretty funny.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we just had a strange sort of um, uh, synchronicity happen right now. I, I randomly opened up my browser, and a story that was released five hours ago on iHeart Radio says, uh, this is the headline, by the way, John, it says, Air Force shares photos of flying saucer being loaded into cargo plane. Mm uh and then you set that uh right at that time. Uh very strange uh coincidence there, but um yeah, I'll send you that article really quickly here. Oh, very sure strange. Is. Yeah, that's it why is. I'm like, wait a minute. What what? Think so. But uh evidently these photos were taken at Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton <sighs> Dayton, Ohio by, by the way.
1: Yes, but this is their research uh equipment that Yeah, that, that's, very, why that's why I'm like,
0: a, why am I getting well this news here? Yeah
1: very well known story yeah uh, yeah i mean the the icon we can just say that uh you know more more importantly in in the world of synchronicity is that this icon is is with us you know in our cultural world you know the the icon uh, the, su- the suggestive form you know accompanies us, and it, it you know this form accompanied i believe i believe you asked me before you know were vamanas real well let's just say this, this form accompanied the ancient people in in various ways as well i don't necessarily I'm not. a I don't have a huge investment in um a, a necessarily, uh you know, uh well, let's say lost civilizations. I have a bigger investment in, the, in that pyramid in, in uh, Indonesia that's mm. 26,000 years old. I have bigger investment in that than I necessarily do in, in 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 what could just be fantastical scripture. But uh, but I would say that the icon is pervasive, and it's so pervasive that it even interrupted our session tonight. That's our right. talk tonight visually. By showing up in your feet. And so, we are called upon, this icon speaks to us, you know, like uh, Jung might have said, you know, what the uh, archetype speaks to us, uh, calls upon us in different ways, mm-hmm. and we are to respond to it, find our own way to respond to it. And one of those ways to respond to it is to not I- ignore it, which I think is part of our culture of denial, uh, our mass culture of denial, is to ignore it or belittle it. Rather, we are to engage it, and we will f- discover its ways, so that kind of simple, the simple willingness to engage with it, it will, the opportunity for us to encounter it we'll find it young also had
0: a lot of interesting things to say about synchronicity as well and uh, also with ufos and uh, so many other things as well brilliant mind um but I've, I've always wondered and i'll ask you this um sometimes i wonder if uh, some of these things uh, are natural and what's more like synthetic uh, in terms of uh, synchronicity because i believe there's two forms of synchronicity one that's natural and one that's synthetic.
1: Uh, well, I, I think that's very interesting. I, I don't know if that would synchronicity would then be the only arena in which that would appear Coexistent, Yeah. Well, in other words, that there would be a reality a, a, or an authentic natural. Let's say our natural reality and a synthetic reality all running parallel.
0: Yeah. Wh- whatever the case, though, it is very fascinating that we we have these sort of things. And of course, once you start going along this sort of thinking, you start. Uh, Question yourself about free will versus determination.
1: Well, my work or determinism. Determinism. My work touches upon that intensely because of the involuntary speech mechanisms involved in production of the phenomena that I'm documenting in my recordings.
0: Yeah, see that it all sort of coexist here.
1: Yeah, it, 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 that question stares me mm-hmm. blankly in the face when I, whenever I'm working on these things. Is that the speaker isn't voluntarily? Uh, offering this, but they're they're uh, visibly acting as an as the agent
0: media of that, sorts
1: yeah. Uh, yeah of that transmission mm-hmm. of information uh, but and so how much you know how much of the rest of our day is involuntary? we know that our senses uh filter out a lot of what you know what would otherwise be reality an unver- an unfiltered version of reality would be something that would be difficult perhaps for our nervous system to 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 deal with interpretatively but uh, we're already d- deleting or d- denying so much uh, by not just by habit, but just by phys- you know our, our our physical construction. So uh, things that are things that are self c- could be self-evident uh, to one observer are invisible to the other. And until there, there is really a you know a, t- a time a focused look at these questions, right? That's the only that's the only time that any sort of breakthrough knowledge is ever going to happen.
0: And John, what do you think is the most important? Uh, I guess uh, well, uh, I'm trying to phrase this the, the right way without offending anybody but what do you think is the most in, yeah yeah what, what, what do you think is the most vital thing to be concerned about right now in these times rather than what's being pumped out there and pretty much forced down your throat
1: i i think that people's commitment to their uh the fulfillment of their potential you know is something that's being tested and measured now in terms of uh what, what is the hierarchy of values what is the meaning of life uh, am i am i achieving the things i really came here to do or am i you know am i passing the time in something that's uh, is inconsequential so I, I think that really what's happening is these crises times we could say that we're living in now invite a reshuffling of the deck of the hierarchy of needs for people to reevaluate these are times, for example, when people, when people will divorce, people will end long-term relationships, mm. in a major crisis yeah. because of, because of a reevaluation of, of needs and wants. Uh, and it's, it, typically, people uh, will not choose to shake their world, their own world up, but by force of circumstances, they'll be compelled to do so. Uh, so I say, you know, if we're not if we're not being rock and rolled by uh, the events of the past few years, that we're we're kind of missing part of the uh, the opportunity. This time provides. I said before that by gravitating towards conflict, the the fires forge a strong public identity. And for all of us, there's there's times to gather strength out of out of difficulty, even you know the face of fearsome events uh, overseas or happening next door. Is a time for us to. gather gather within ourselves uh, and you know get get self-unified with our goal and vision and become you know become that person while we're still here i think the worst thing to do we're all i think we're all going to eventually die but the worst thing is to go out with regrets
0: so i hear you uh,
1: i've been very liberal in indulging myself maybe you know some terrible expenses i've incurred along the way but uh i'm a great believer in uh, making sure the urges, that uh, you know, that compelled us to be here are, are, are resolved either through in, intense introspection or courageous action in, 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 this, in the social world.
0: I, I love that, by the way. And uh, as you're saying that, there's a, a banner here that I created that has both of our names. And in the background, there's an Israeli flag and the Palestinian flag. Uh, you know, they're both side by side, like, uh, you know, like in battle, basically. And mm-hmm. as you're saying that, I'm looking at both of these images, and I'm I'm coming to my own sort of conclusion of what this photograph means to me. And in the in a weird way, uh, it, it sort of represents to me, personally speaking, here, an inner battle. There's there's a war going on inside all of us, and that's the only war worth winning is the one inside of our head, John.
1: Well, I love that, and you know that we can project onto the combatants of today. You know, there there's a little bit of us in in every one of them. That's right. You know, and so uh, you know, it's a rush to judgment is, is you know is is perhaps overlooking an opportunity to to learn and grow. Uh, you know, it's we can't we can't undo the past that has led to, to people suffering under conflict as we speak, but uh, we can attempt to be a part of of creating a, a better society that is more supportive of, of the diversity and meeting the needs of all the participants and not. Uh, creating a, a bully society or a uh, an abuser society that's that that's, that that will be no future for and will invite its own overthrow.
0: Love that, and John. Anything uh, you'd like to plug? Please feel free to do so. And by the way, next time you're here, uh, I, I would love to uh, play some of uh some of the audio that you've had uh, stored away in terms of reverse speech. I know we we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about that, but next show I, w- I would love to get into that with you here
1: well you really indulge me tonight as i said because i think this is a uh, lesser visible material from my catalog and, and i think it's profound in its own way and so i feel gratified that i had a chance you know i felt that i did something to to, to share it with the public and, and with you tonight absolutely um, you know the mirror and the reflection are, are common across my speech work and my photography as we can see the role of the mirror and reflection the, the, the backward speech signal is just the timeline f- you know, flipped on the axis. We're mirroring and reversing. And
0: I had looking. that happen to me in real time here as we're talking.
1: Well, that's so, a testimony.
0: I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. Your, your stuff works. I mean, I had a moment of clarity here as we were talking.
1: Well, that's a very positive report. And, you know, it's not uncommon that folks who attend my, my practice who come in for individual sessions have breakthrough moments of different kinds, visual and emotional uh, they really do get in touch with deep issues, and, and, and more importantly, they outgrow things that have been holding them back. Uh, and so I always invite people, to, I encourage people to try my sessions, and you can book uh, sessions find more information about the work there at yourinnervoice.com. You can also call my toll-free number, which is one and leave me a message there if you'd like to talk to me. I'd be happy to speak with you outside of a session. Happy to uh, be in touch uh, with your audience, Michael, and and to uh, just enjoy enjoying the time we spent together very much and looking forward to our next meeting.
0: Very nice. Thank you so much. And, of course, that is John Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. And his website is YourInnerVoice.com. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. We'll do it again on the other side, my friend.
1: Thank you and good night
0: and there you have it boys and girls that was Mr. John Kelly we do hope you enjoyed that one once again boys and girls it was fun I had a great time I hope you did too please go to michaeldeacon.com for all information about the program and take us on the road with you just by searching the Michael Deacon program and boom there we are also keep in mind you can go to michaeldeacon.com and buy yourself some merchandise the holidays are just around the corner get yourself some new t-shirts a coffee mug or a giant pint for all those beer lovers out there. And I know there's plenty who love drinking and listening to this program or doing other things, whatever your gimmick is, go to michaeldeacon.com and get yourself some merchandise or go to patreon.com forward slash Deacon if you want bonus material. We love the bonus material. It's all there. Once again, boys and girls, it was a honor and pleasure to do this program for you. Much love and respect to all of you. Once again, boys and girls, see you soon and with that said the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery until next time good night